Hey, welcome to another episode of Where They've Been. My name is Jeff Lister, and I'm here with my co-host, Zach Moore. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm living the dream this week. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. We just tried to record again on the good old Zoom here, and uh, it said recording in process. We were greeted by a voice and a siren. <laughs> and I busted out laughing it was like i was like god are you talking to me right now this is unbelievable you know it just lets us know that that she's here with us that's what it lets us know recording in progress thank you thank you i don't know it freaked me out zoom update there you go so everyone that does zoom you probably probably late to this meeting we are recording this on zoom this podcast is sponsored by zoom um we wish (laughs) dot us Dot Canada. <laughs> We're supported by the Canada version. Dot CA. Anyways, the Mounties. shout out to the Zoom. And uh, man, this episode, we get to talk with my good buddy, Giles. And I was I love this conversation. It was the earliest podcast recording. I got up at 4 a.m. to meet with him <laughs> and I got the podcast stuff ready in my car. It was on a Saturday. Oh, my Dang. goodness. No, it was on a Friday. It was on a Friday and I had that Friday day off morning. of work. Oh, gosh. And man. I tell you what, and he was, was wired. Great. It's like he was up for twelve hours already. Like he, he was, was, he was, he was, he was wiry. He was like the go. guy from that show. What's that show called? The Replacements with Keanu. Reeves. The movie, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the movie, He's the wiry. Wiry. I'm wiry. He was wiry. like, I was like, guys, yeah. did you get to the office at three? Yeah, you know, I did. I'm like, what? are you on man this guy unbelievable well and he talks about what he's on too like it's he, true oh it's awesome it's true so good spoiler alert but not much we're not really because we're you have to, to listen listen you, guys in the intro, you have to listen now listen my goodness unbelievable hey so so good to have Giles on it can't wait for you to listen to it and you probably don't want to listen to us anymore anyway so that's right go This episode is brought to you by our friends at Rocket Media. So, Zach, I've been seeing that you're destroying stuff in your backyard. I know you're an avid reader. Where do you go to find all this stuff? Oh, yeah. So definitely a lot of uh, projects around the house. So anything like sledgehammers, uh, axes, and books, just for those three parts of my life right now, always go to Google. Uh, Google.com, search for it. And it's always the first thing I find. I usually leads, leads me to where I need to go. You're not a Firefox guy, right? Oh, not since high school. 1994. 1994. That's right. Well, we go to Google, right? You know, right. you go to click on one of the top results and then away you go. Well, that's what our friends at Rocket Media can do for your business or your church. Get you at the top of the very first page so the people that are looking for you, they can actually find you. You need to be there to take advantage of thousands of searches with Google search advertising. Do yourself a favor and schedule a free consultation today at rocket.media. That's the rocket.media for Google search ads. I've seen their work firsthand personally. I've actually been a part of it and I can tell you it works. It's incredible. And we are so thankful for them. They're sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you give them a call. Let them know that you heard about us at the where they've been pod dudes. Is that what we're going to be calling ourselves? I feel yeah, like we need good. to come up with like yeah. a catchphrase or something. We'll figure that out. That's yeah. A, yeah, I mean progress. that's that's another conversation for another day. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. now let's get let's get to the podcast. But make sure you check out therocket.media. Maybe we can walk that road again. Take a little time to sit and listen.
What is up? Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. I got Giles Eulen Hopper coming in today. What's up, Giles? How are you? Good afternoon, Jeff Lister. Long time no talk. Yeah, man. Doing well. Doing well. How are you? I like it. I like the office, the feng shui. You know what I mean? The good times. Yeah, you got to invest in your environment and uh, environment uh, and, and attitude. They amplify everything. Yeah, uh, man. You, you want to make sure that you're uh, you have a good place to work so you can be efficient and be effective. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I don't know if I've ever seen you not be efficient or effective, so it doesn't even matter what environment. <laughs> that's because I invest in my environment. Oh, yeah. Especially personally, you know, I mean, uh, obviously it's easier said than done, but I think, uh, you know, investing in that at home and investing in that in work is incredibly important if you want to have uh, quote unquote successful life. Success means different things to different people, but um, if you want to reach your goals, it's important to invest in your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I agree with you. Yeah. Dude, I'm excited to have you on today and I'm excited to, to chat and talk through your story and see kind of whole your whole life and hear some nuggets. I mean, obviously we jumped in and you already got your boom points hitting right now. So <laughs> it's just spitting out of you, man. So, man, tell me, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm at uh, work right now. So I work at a big agency here in Minnesota called Peril. We uh, do a lot of different digital things across the spectrum, work with the big brands like Culligan, uh, Jack Ling, Schwann's, you name it. We've at least built their website. Um, wow. So I, I lead strategy here at the agency. Um, so I'm here in my office and here at the uh, butt crack of dawn. I think it's uh, 5 a.m. here. So I've already been up for a few hours, but uh, you know, like the seize the day, early bird gets the worm. Yeah. Awesome. So <laughs> you're in Minnesota then? Yeah, good old Minnesota. Minnetonka. Born uh, yep, uh, Minnetonka. I currently live in Ramsey, uh, which is okay. in the northwestern suburbs. My wife and I actually just built a house over COVID, which COVID has been uh, an interesting season, to, to put it lightly. Um, yeah, absolutely. The fact that there's been a lot of trials for pretty much everyone on the planet. Um, yep. There's also been some great things that have happened. Um, uh, and one of them is my, my wife and I built a house up in Ramsey, which is definitely exciting. Um, built a house to... to have enough space to fill up with kids essentially. So that's uh, potentially the next season of life here that we're approaching, but Come um, on. lived in Minnesota my entire life. Uh, definitely um, Minnesota born and bred. I, I've heard the common adage that even if you move away, people that are born in Minnesota often come back. Uh, and yeah. I've simply never left. So I, I grew up in Southwestern Minnesota okay. uh, in the, the open prairie uh, near Westbrook, Minnesota. If you've heard of that before, uh, okay. if you've ever heard of the Laura Ingalls Wilder uh, story, uh, you know, the Lauren goes wilder pageant or the little house yeah. in the prairie storyline. That's actually where that originated. Oh, really? Uh, so Grove is, is Loring the wild, Laura Ingalls Wilder's uh, hometown and uh, Westbrook Walnut Grove was the combined school system. So we lived like 15 minutes away from Laura Ingalls Wilder grew up. Um, uh, so that was kind of our claim to fame. We were literally in the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, I kid you not, uh, Mark, what is today? Today is April 2nd, 2021. Yeah. My parents got internet for the first time six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I kid you not. Oh uh, so my that shows gosh. you how much in the boonies we were. So uh, growing up was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting uh, experience from that perspective. Uh, but I uh, grew up in uh, rural Minnesota, uh, learned hard work and learned about how to have a good attitude and definitely try to apply that to every other area of life. Dude. I had no idea Laura Ingalls Wilder was from that. I thought like, I don't know why. I feel like I totally thought that was like a Southern thing. No, yeah, no, it was in Southwest Minnesota in the open wow. prairie. Wow. The, the weird part is to kind of supplement that story. My mom's sister actually married the, 
and I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like the great, 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 plus or minus a few greats, uh, sure. grandson of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Really? So she is Carol Ingalls now. Uh, and the interesting part is, I don't think, I mean, she really follows this storyline, but uh, it's definitely kind of a, a unique uh, spin on our family and its connection to that. Um, that's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so that's definitely the claim to fame. They have a, a pageant now in, in Walnut Grove that happens every year where people from all around the globe literally come to uh, watch this pageant where they have this outdoor amphitheater and they have these like makeshift barns that all of a sudden pop up out of the ground and they have uh, like fire lines that run and, and they, they fake burn down the barn, the barn for this theater experience. Um, so it's weird because it's a it's a very strong farm community sure. um, and you don't really see I mean there's probably 30 minutes in between towns but all of a sudden there's this huge amphitheater and people from New Zealand show up to what? see this this uh, this experience so it's kind of an interesting wow. uh, interesting environment Imagine living in that town and then all of a sudden like once a year your town goes from like I see five people to like I see hundreds of people that would Correct. be so crazy Yeah yeah it's it's definitely a, a weird experience I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot of in a lot of the country and college towns, right? Like a lot of these college towns in the Midwest or or in southern states are like yeah. towns of like, you know, 2000. And then there are towns yeah. of 30,000 when college is in, you know, is in session fall and spring. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's probably a common thing. But yeah, so you yeah. said you've been here for a couple hours. It's 5 a.m. right now. This is actually my <laughs> first morning podcast. Hey, uh, there we go. First so, time for everything. I usually do it after Hudson goes to bed at night. So this is first early morning podcast and I like it. My brain's feeling a little sharper. You know what I mean? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. After 7 PM, I'm basically useless. If I find myself <laughs> in any horizontal position after seven, I am out like the light. Uh, my wife has learned not to ask me to watch a movie and like lay down to do so. Cause I will be out in the first five minutes. Oh uh, man. So in the morning is, is where I'm at. Uh, it's where I'm productive. So you're like, basically let's, let's get real. I'm talking like Mark Wahlberg or, you know, the rock right now. Cause <laughs> you got up at two 30 to get your workout in, you know, you're going to have some prayer time. Then you're going to go ahead and get into the office by three to have all your meetings from three to three forty-five. exactly exactly yeah <laughs> gotta, gotta get that uh, get that rolling so then the day can wrap up by noon you know right uh, yeah right but, day wrap up by <laughs> noon come on i'm just kidding no i i tend to burn the candle at both ends uh, uh on the regular but i mean uh the the weird part is about 18 months ago ish or about maybe a year and a half ago i was actually diagnosed with adhd which is kind of a an interesting subject. It's taboo in some circles. Uh, sure. When I grew up, it was like ADHD is not a real thing. It's yeah. just simply you're not disciplined enough. And that was like my my longstanding perspective of that, whether that was I mean, right, wrong or indifferent, that's where it was. Right. And um, I went into the doctor for something else and they, they uh, asked a few questions. They're like, oh, we want to run a few tests. And then all of a sudden they came out and they're like, you are actually in the 99th percentile for ADHD. Uh, which was, uh, at first I'm like, no, that can't be me. I'm disciplined, you know, like, <laughs> which is uh, horrible to say, but I'm just giving you my honest reaction. Sure, sure. And, uh, ultimately chatted through it and, and, uh, I recognize all the different things that I've done in my life is, you know, partially been to compensate for that. And sure. the reason why I'm bringing this up is to circle back to getting up early is my simple way of being able to go attack the day and get things done that I prioritize personally and professionally, because I get distracted super easily. Like, you know, one, two, right. three, squirrel, you know, the, the very, uh, right. very common adage like that. I, I like to make sure I have enough hours in the day before everyone else gets up where I can get the things done that I need to get done. Sure. So I make sure that they happen because if that doesn't happen, there's a strong likelihood that it might not happen. 
right. there's a million different distractions that can pull you in one direction or another uh, that happen during the day. And um, I found that the earlier I get up, the more productive that I am. Um, right. which is, you know, it's just a, a, a discipline that I built in my life. It's not for everybody, but right. um, definitely helped me. So that's crazy. Like late twenties is when yep. finally this, you know, you have this realization of, Hey, maybe this is how I am, how I'm wired. And so yep. what do you think was the biggest way that you compensated for that? You know, I mean, cause obviously you went through high school, you went through college, you went through all these other experiences and you were kind of did you, were you just like, I guess I'm just distracted easily, or I really have yep. to focus or like, yep. what, what do you think? Like, how did you compensate before you get to this place? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Ultimately, I think it, 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 it does get divided into kind of two separate categories. One, I did get diagnosed super late in life. Most right. people with ADHD get diagnosed at uh, around 12 to 15 years old. And I was diagnosed mid twenties, mid to late twenties, which uh, according to the doctor is a statistical anomaly, yeah. um, that, you know, especially being in the 99th percentile. Um, but that's only a piece of the conversation. The other piece is I actually didn't learn how to read until I was 12 years old. So hmm. I mentioned, I, I grew up in uh, South or Southwestern Minnesota, um, uh, in Westbrook, but that actually started when I was, when I was 12. So before 12, um, I was actually, uh, uh born in Wilmer, Minnesota, uh, okay. um, uh, from with my mom. My mom actually has diagnosed paranoid schizophrenia. Um, uh, hmm. I love her to death. She, uh, has had a really tough life, but ultimately, um, has uh, a very severe case of, of paranoid schizophrenia and, and it's sure. affected her entire life. Um, but ultimately I was born in the mental hospital, uh, in Wilmer, Minnesota. Um, and I lived with her for the first 12 years of my life. And ultimately she did, uh, the best she could given her circumstances to provide for me and care for me. Um, but obviously mental illness is a, is a difficult thing here in Minnesota, Minnesota and in the greater U S and around the world. Um, uh, so I was, uh, unfortunately kind of malnourished from pretty much every perspective, um, from academics to, uh, you know, the physical side to, um, to the, to the nutritional side, like every perspective of developing a child, I was essentially lacking. And once again, sure. that's not a shot at her. It's just simply no. a reality. She didn't have the, the, right. the capacity to, to help me. Um, so ultimately, I uh, got to about 12 years old and there was a variety of things that happened, but I was actually taken from her uh, and I was actually adopted by my aunt and uncle um, who lived in Westbrook, Minnesota. So I, I moved to Westbrook and I was thankfully able to stay in my same school system. I just traveled back and forth about okay. 40 minutes to school every day. Um, but at 12, that was essentially when my developmental processes for the most part began. Um, so that's when I learned how to read, how I learned that you should bathe and, and wash yourself every day, how, how to have a balanced nutritional uh, meal set three times a day uh, and different things like that. So, wow. um, you know, in, in, you know, circling back to your original question about, you know, how have you been able to compensate, you know, for, for ADHD and, you know, what, you know, what was your original perspective on things? I thought I was simply a case of my environment where I was 12 years behind everyone else. Um, and, you know, at least when I was adopted by my uncle, um, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing people. And one, one uh, thing that they you know, taught me as a foundational piece of being an adult and piece of being even a, a, a follower of Jesus is that you need to work hard. It's, it's how you exemplify Christ period. Right. Um, and that's the, the, one of the, the number one things that you can control in your life is what amount of effort you put into something. Yeah. Um, so they said, you need to start working at like 14. I was working full time. Uh, wow. I managed a gas station all by myself, which is probably against the law. Uh, but in <laughs> Southwest Minnesota, we don't, uh, you know, we didn't well, you didn't have internet, so you probably couldn't get access to yeah. the, to the proper <laughs> the, authorities law. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so at 14, I was managing a little gas station at Lake Chatech, Minnesota. 
Um, uh, I did everything from man the cash register to filling LP tanks. They even had a little like little bar area where you could uh, have lunch and stuff and they have beer on tap. And at 14 years old, I was pouring people Bud Light you know, out of tap, which is highly illegal. Um, and at the time, like, I didn't even really, like, we didn't drink in my household. So I was like, ah, oh, this is like, I don't know what this even really is. Like, I know that beer is kind of bad and like <laughs> all these people are buying it, but I was pouring it for everybody. At 14, uh, you're a bartender. At 14, working, exactly. Yeah. Working oh, full time. Goodness. Um, but it definitely taught me hard work. Uh, yeah. you know, it was, it was definitely something where I learned good customer service skills and how to interact with people because everyone coming in was 50 plus and I was 14. Right. Um, so it definitely accelerated my process of, you know, how to interact professionally. Um, and that, that hard work really carried through throughout the rest of my career. And I yeah. simply thought, well, hard work is the prerequisite for success period. If I want something in life and I, I had known what nothing looks like, quote unquote, nothing. I, right. I was literally in the bottom 1% of life from pretty much every category, um, from income to, to, uh, intelligence to everything, uh, you know, before 12. And I knew that I didn't want that period. And I knew hard work was the only thing that I control or could control. At least that was the message I was given. Um, so, you know, when you fast forward to now, I've, I've hustled through pretty much every area of life, every phase, um, knowing I have a goal in mind. And I guess it's been a little bit, uh, not relieving. I don't know if I have necessarily the, the right word to explain it, but the idea, it gives some more clarity to, sure, Oh, sure. like I, I like hard work, you know, this may be easier for other people if they don't have ADHD, but at the end of the day, I'm not really interested in like, Oh, well, if it's easier for me or harder for someone else, I think people get far too caught up on, Oh, well, you, you have a different scenario than you or than me. So I can judge you. I think everyone is starting from a different place. And, yeah. and uh, like, I, I've, I've thought a lot about the, at least even the concept of adversity and the idea that people say, well, I've, I've, I've had a harder life than you. So I, I am justified to do X or they, they compare their individual circumstance to someone else's. And I think that's a, that's, that's dangerous from multiple perspectives. I think it's dangerous to your own well-being to try to try to uh, be content with your own current reality or try to like explain away the things that you don't like about your scenario because someone else did something. Yeah. Um, I think you should just simply look at your life from the perspective of your life period. Um, like I've, I've uh, heard different people talk about the concept of adversity from the standpoint of like, let's say you lived in a plastic bubble your entire life and all of a sudden one day you're not and you went and stubbed your toe. Right. Uh, stubbing your toe is now the worst adversity you've ever experienced. Like this right. is the worst thing you've ever had. And other people, they're like, well, I've had it harder. So I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have every right to complain. Well, that person, that's the worst adversity they've ever experienced. It's right. all about your, your perspective of adversity. You can, right. you can leverage other people's experiences to give yourself motivation, um, but I don't think you should ever leverage that as a way to say, well, now I'm, I'm okay because of X, um, right. you know, it's something that someone else did. Um, so I guess I've just simply applied it to myself. Like it, it helps me understand myself uh, when, it, when it comes to ADHD and, and uh, how to, how to uh, essentially leverage my strengths and weaknesses, what I, what I should work on, what I shouldn't. Um, it's definitely been eye-opening to my wife. And she's like, I, I would just get so frustrated. You leave things out on the counter and you forget to do things. And she's like, I just have a whole new lens on life. Uh, so it even <laughs> helped our marriage for, for yeah. her helping to understand each other. So absolutely, um, wow. yeah, it's been an interesting experience, but uh, definitely eye-opening and helping me be more productive. Well, yeah, I think absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. And, you know, thanks for sharing all that stuff, you know, from birth to 12 and, and everything that happened after that. I mean, I think that's really interesting to see how much that 
has shaped you in just the understanding of hard work and understanding of, Hey, if I want something, I need to go after it with everything I have. Um, and like you said, situations are situational. So someone could be in a different situation and, you know, it could be comparable or could not be comparable. Um, so Mm -hmm. what, what are you going to focus on? And that's really interesting of like, Hey, this is what I'm going to focus on. I want to achieve this. So I'm going to continue to push forward. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's certain people that'll take that and be like, okay, but that's just because whatever. And you're like, okay, but Mm -hmm. have you tried it? You know, have Mm -hmm. you kind of decided I'm going to not allow situations that have happened in the past to define me? I'm going to move forward and by moving forward, I'm going to continue and I'm going to get to the place that I want to get to in in that process. And I love that. uh, I love that you're working at 14 full time at a gas (laughs) station. I've never heard that story. That's incredible. My first job at 14 was a dishwasher. At this breakfast oh, place, and uh, and it was in my the three sinks. My, yeah, well, and yeah, and we had a well, we literally had a this massive like dishwasher, and I would yep. just throw stuff in there, and then <laughs> not really clean at all, and you know whatever. I was paid in cash on Saturday Saturday morning. Oh, there we go. Hey, you don't have to pay taxes there, right? You don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> not that I was making more than five dollars an hour back in the day i think it was more like four but hey you know what i mean i think it was like 14 hey, my dad had to drive me to work so hey there we go <laughs> yeah hey it really it, it teaches you uh, a lot about uh, having the right attitude because honestly i i mean i i've known some people that have waited until later in their lives to start working and i think that's when you have to, to work through the process of how to enjoy work and, and work can be fun and there's also times when work can be horrible right it's all about your attitude towards work work is never always fun even if like i love what i do i am very passionate about marketing and and uh and helping brands grow but there's days that i don't like there's things that i i I get frustrated with so there there's good days there's bad days um but it's all about your attitude towards it and i think the longer you wait to learn how to work the harder it is to get that attitude correct because i'm i'm a firm believer that nothing good happens quickly whether you're building something or you're trying to build the right mindset or or trying to get your your weight under control or you know anything in your life that you're really trying to do nothing good really happens quickly it's both a a physical process and some mental process really to try to convince yourself to have, you know, a, a, a regimented uh, attitude consistently to achieve a goal. And I think the longer you wait to do anything, whether it's work or anything, um, uh, the harder it is going to, the harder it's going to be and the longer it's going to take to get there. Uh, right. So the earlier you can start on developing those types of disciplines and developing that, that consistent lifestyle mindset, uh, yeah. the yeah. better life will be. Period. I was going to say, and I heard this thing, I can't remember who it's from, but um, I was thinking about like, okay, if you thought about your life, not in terms of like big moments, which we always think about our life in terms of huge moments, but if you thought Mm -hmm. about it as like, kind of like in, like you would do an IRA, right? With like an S and P, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm putting a little bit in every paycheck, but it's going to continue to grow. So Mm -hmm. if you do, uh, you know, if you do have this, amount of money in there for 15 years, the interest is Mm -hmm. going to grow you to a place where you're much larger than you could have been. So what if you thought about life, not in the way of like, 
oh my goodness, I just won the lottery. But what if you thought about it is consistency and just making deposits daily and those deposits Mm. will continue to grow and they will continue to build upon themselves until I get to the place that I want to get to. It takes longer, absolutely. But the reality is, is you're never going to get there without the little daily deposits. Oh, 100%. Life happens in the little. Um, I'm a firm believer like that. You can't expect big things if you're not willing to invest in the little. And I think, uh, you know, people look at, at life both through the macro and the micro view. Um, and I think people potentially confuse the investments that are required and the outputs that you get. And they focus on the outputs, but they forget about what inputs are required to get there. And right. I think more often than not, it, it comes up on like uh, income earning. People want to earn X income. Um, and everyone has a different idea of what that looks like. They have a dream pie in the sky. They see something on Instagram where, oh, I want a, a 12,000 square foot house. And they have that, that outlandish idea, right? Um, or potentially outlandish, you know, not for some people. Um, but then other people, uh, you know, well, that, that's their big, you know, right. uh, uh, outlandish idea of dream. But then there's also the realistic one. And I think everyone has a number in mind of, I want to make that. But I think very few people have an idea of how to make that happen. Right. And they think, well, if I just, you know, either like, I'm never going to do it. And they, they, they tell themselves they can't do it because of X, Y, and Z, because of their upbringing or, uh, you know, a variety of other factors. Um, or they convince themselves like, oh, I'll just get it. Like, and they think it's an eventuality and they, they, uh, they, they approach it like an assumption. And I think both of those are incorrect. I think one, I, I truly do believe this, that anyone can have anything as long as they work for it. You can't right. have everything you want in life, but you can really have anything you want. Right. Um, you can't every, have everything, but you can have anything as long as you want it, yeah, as long as you prioritize it. I think it, it was Warren Buffett that mentioned, like, write down the 30 things you want to do in life. Like, you know, more than likely you're going to have 100 or so, but pare it down to 30. Um, if here's the top things I want to do in life, um, and then from there, pick the top five and forget about the rest and yep. focus on those five things, period. And you can go get those five things. If that yep. thing is to be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire. If that thing is to have uh, a family of 10 kids, you can do that. If you want to live in Bali for the rest of your life, you can do that. But you just need to pick that in one of your five. Now, whether five is the right n- number or not, I'm not an expert. But the point is, I think uh, priority and focus is incredibly important. Um, and I think like... Not only that, but then people don't necessarily put in the investments, even like in college, for example, there was a lot of times where people want to hang out or play video games or things like that. And I, I spent most of my Friday nights, like learning Photoshop and uh, learning these weird skills that at the time, I didn't really know what they were building towards. I just knew that this feels important, especially if I want to go into the business and marketing space. Um, And now I leverage design pretty much in my entire daily life. I'm not a designer. But for example, I, I work on the strategy team here at, at the agency and design influences the way people feel about things. It, it, it determines whether people trust it or not. If you look at like Apple, for example, some people say they have good products and people don't. That's a, up for, uh, for argument. But I think one thing that people agree upon is that they have great design and it builds trust around their products. Now, yep. obviously, Apple is an extreme scenario, but the point is the way you package things determine whether people want it or not. And now I've been able to go from the bottom 1% of life when I was less than 12, and now I'm the top 1% uh, for my age group. And I, and I don't mean that to be bragging, to be very, very clear. I say that from the standpoint of it's all about those little moments, tracking exactly. all the way back when I was in high school, spending all my nights learning Photoshop. And now all those skills built up over time have compounded, and now this stuff is easy. And yeah. I tend to look at life like, what would, look, what, what would life look like if it was easy? 
Like yeah. if I don't do something every day, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and if, if it's not easy, then people tend to overcomplicate things and things to get derailed. So if you can put in the little investments every single day, all of a sudden you can have huge outcomes. Like yeah. for example, I've been uh, focusing on uh, trying to improve my body. I you know twenties are definitely a, a time to, uh, to invest in your life and making sure that, you know, uh, once you get to 30, that you can you can benefit from those investments, whether it's uh, financially, physical, spiritually, all the different things in the, the elements of life. Yep. Um, I've been putting into a uh, uh, into practice for over the last like six months, where for literally 10 minutes a day, while I'm in my my closet before I get in the shower, I have little weights and I do 10 minutes of like little lifting weights. Am I getting sore from it? No, but I've found that with my schedule, it's far more likely that I'm going to be able to at least get a 10 minute workout in um, every single day if I do it that way. Now I, I do other workouts as well, but it doesn't happen as regularly as I would prefer, but sure. I know that I'll at least get that little amount in. And I've, even in the last three months, I've lost like 30 pounds uh, right. between diet and exercise. And it's all about those little moments and making life easy and looking exactly. like and looking at it from a simplistic standpoint, because looking at things from, from a simplistic standpoint literally makes them easier. Yeah. Um, like I, <laughs> I forget uh, what, what famous author explained it this way, but he talked about the idea of, of running that people, people that love running, they pop out for a quick run, right? Yep. People that hate running myself included, I have bad knees. Um, at least uh, from a mental standpoint, we think, well, I gotta, I gotta put on my, my running socks. And I gotta yep. put on my running, my running clothes. I gotta find my tennis shoes. I gotta put them on and tie my laces just right. And then I gotta fill up my water bottle. And now I have to get my, my running playlist. And then I've decided where I'm going to run. And I need to text my wife that I'm going to be gone for 20 minutes. So don't worry that I'll be back. And you, you overcomplicate things. And, yep. and all of a sudden it feels complicated and complex exactly. versus when you pop up for a quick run, it is now literally easier for you to go do that. Um, uh, your mind is an incredibly powerful thing. And you're doing all the same things. You're putting on your shoes. You're still getting your, your iPod or iPod. It wasn't exactly. iPod yeah. anymore. <laughs> you're and still getting your, your phone or whatever, your AirPods, I was going to say. But yeah. you're just doing it. Like I, I maybe I've said this before on the podcast, but it, I remember uh, Donald Miller said uh, that he was talking with this author one time. And the author was like, um, yeah, I only write when I'm inspired too. My inspiration just happens to be every single day at 7 a.m. And so it's just <laughs> like this beautiful thing of like, yeah, I'm, I only write when I'm inspired or I only work when I'm like feeling it, but that just happens to be yep. every single day at 7 a.m. Yep. And yep. so it's just this consistency of what, yep. of what you're talking about that makes a huge difference and how it compounds yep. on each other. But let's go back to uh, to what you said in college, because I can attest to you having the double <laughs> screens walking in. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that. I think when we first met was in college, we went me and Giles both went to North Central University together. That's how we met. And uh, was it when we were living on five West is when we first initially met? I'm trying to remember. Um, it was either five West or shortly before that. Cause he, I believe you were on five East and we, we tended to like hang out on four East for a while. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Come on. The good old, good old Carlson. Carlson times, man. I feel like they've updated that place like a hundred times since we've left. I think they have, but I believe it is still uh, paneling on the walls. They've, is it they've really? just gotten the newer paneling. <laughs> yeah. But you can't take away the paneling because that's the oh, college no, that's experience. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the college experience, man. That was a that yeah. college was a hilarious time. And I do remember that, though, that you've had that type work ethic from, you know, we'd be going out to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. 
and you'd be like, nah, oh I got to work. And then, and then I'll we'd, 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 <laughs> we'd be like, come on, man, you got to come. And then you would. All right, a meal so. deal number one. <laughs> <laughs> meal deal number one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am uh, definitely at least two things in life. One, I'm a hard worker and I'm also pretty frugal. Uh, and that was the cheapest meal at Taco Bell. <laughs> frugal is a great word to say that you're super cheap. Come on. Yep, no, it's a good time. Oh, man. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that. But yeah, so tell me a little bit more about um, so you've had a few. I know we work together as well at uh, at a company in Minneapolis and you started at, you were doing marketing there. So give me a little bit more of like, is marketing just manipulation? Come on, I'm just gonna come out and at, because it feels like that's part of it, right? But it's making yep. you feel a specific way. So as yep. the resident marketing genius on this podcast, you, because I feel yeah. like uh, I wanna hear like from that perspective, you worked in a couple different places for marketing. What is yeah. your idea of, breaking and i don't mean to say it in like marketing i'm not trying to say it in a oh place. no uh, you're you're definitely hitting on a point that people are concerned about and that people like throw at this industry thinking that we are a bunch of liars essentially that no i'm not saying you're a liar at all no, oh, no 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 i, I understand se, the perception yeah. yeah and i understand what you're doing like you're trying to yeah. move someone to take an action step right like yeah. that's the goal yeah so yep. it is that but that's everything yep. We're trying to make yep. you take an action step when you walk into the restaurant, when you walk into the the mall, when you walk into wherever, the gas station yep. in Prairie, yep. Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, you want a Bud Light? It's on tap. You know what I mean? Like, we're trying oh, to boy. make you take an action step. You know what I yep. mean? So, but what, what would you say, like, what drives marketing? But also, uh, part two, why do you, like, have such a passion for it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And honestly, I think uh, to potentially answer your second question first before the first one, um, part of the reason that I have a passion for this is twofold. Um, so I'll have two points for each, each point that you asked. Uh, the first point is I am a huge believer that you need to develop passion in what you're doing, mm -hmm. not find something you're passionate about. Now, I think that's a very controversial topic, yeah. but uh, growing up, I weirdly wanted to be a history teacher, whether it's weird or not, I guess is a different story, but uh, I wanted to be a history teacher. Really? I was that's so interesting. fascinated with history. Um, uh, it was just something that, that, that really excited me. And my history teacher in, in high school was very engaging. And I guess maybe that's a natural conclusion of like, oh, I want to do that, you know, yeah. and, and yeah, in front sense. of my eyes, that's what I wanted to do. And I went home and told my dad, I'm like, dad, I think I want to be a history teacher. And I cannot forget this moment. He simply said, you're not doing that. <laughs> and like, it wasn't even a, a conversation. He just said, no, like that is not, that's not even up for discussion. He goes, you, you're going to go for business period. Like it wasn't like something like, oh, you should, it was that that's what you're going to do. And I remember thinking, well, but I, I want to be a, a history teacher. And I, I remember having that internal struggle. Um, but long story short, I went to school for business um, for a variety of reasons. And part of that is because my dad wanted me to do that. And uh, I remember freshman year at North Central uh, uh, going into my business classes. And I remember having a very specific moment of I can either decide that I'm going to like this or I'm going to be uh, I'm, I'm going to be miserable for the rest sure. of four years because yeah. I believe, I truly believe that part of being an adult means finishing what you start. Now, was I the greatest student? Absolutely not. To be very clear, I was probably a horrible student, but I do believe part of being an adult and being a follower of Christ, honestly, uh, is that you need to finish what you start, period. Yep. Like it, Agreed. following up on your commitments. And I had committed to doing a four-year degree in the business department. And now, whether are there some, some naiveties built into that in terms of not being able to ch change potentially? But at least my mindset into it is that I, I have to do four years of this, so I need to decide I need to like it. 
And I think it's a, a discipline I've built in my life saying, if I'm going to do something, even if I hate it, I need to learn to like it. Um, like mm. I, I, I took the attitude of, um, you know, because I had to learn how to sell Bud Light as four, at 14, right? I, I had learned I need to be able to, to, to figure out how to sell something even I don't like, right? Because exactly. even at, at Bud Light, I, I, I didn't like that, right? Now, that's a, maybe a bad example. But the point is, if I had to sell someone the idea of going for a business degree, how would I sell it to them? Yeah. Like, knowing that I don't like it, how do I sell it to them? Um, and at the end of the day, I developed a passion. Now I love it. I, you know, I, I'm excited about it. So that's the, the first, you point. mean you're excited about is, selling Bud Light? No, well, no, <laughs> there you go. That's going to come back to bite me. I know it is. Um, going to be the one thing that's going to prevent me from being president someday. Um, I, I would never be president to be very clear. Uh, but, um, uh, so, so that's obviously the first piece of like right. developing a passion about what it you're makes doing sense, now. Yeah. Um, it's a healthy discipline, uh, but then more importantly, uh, you you hit on the the piece that I think I'm I'm very fascinated about of how to change this industry and the fact that most people look at marketing as uh, slimy and scammy and sure. they're they're following me around. They're a big brother. There's a lot of adjectives that people throw around in marketing, and in some cases, it is completely justified. Yep. Um, I fully recognize the realities of the industry, and that is something that I am actively trying to one shift the narrative on, but also do my part to shift. The operation of things because right. I think from pretty much every angle, the world has changed in many different ways, even in the last year. Yeah. Um, but in, in specifically in, in, in consumer consumption, whether you're talking about a business consuming stuff from you know business as a consumer or a person as a consumer, the way people buy things have changed in the last yep. year where people buy online. Uh, nope. My groceries get delivered every week. Like I haven't been to a grocery store and I can't remember how long, like they simply get delivered. And if you were to rewind the clock 10 years ago, people would have said, what? Like that, like yep. that sounds lazy. Like I, no one would pay for that, but now it's the regular. Like yep. I even convinced my father-in-law to do uh, grocery delivery and he was in the same boat and he is significantly low, older than I am. And he was, he was, he had seen this stuff going on. He'd worked in the tech space and he said, I am not paying for that. And now he loves it. it you know, the point is consumer uh, behaviors have shifted. Yeah. Um, and I guess my, my contribution to marketing in terms of changing that perception of us being slimy is all about that attitude. And I, and I mentioned before how attitude is everything. Yes. Um, it's all about a marketer and a business's attitude towards selling something. And it's something that I've used as a prerequisite and a qualifier whenever I either engage on a place I am going to work or even a business that I'm consulting with as the agency on what are your motivations? Now, I don't come out and ask them that. But there's some leading questions that I can ask to say, what are you trying to do here? Exactly. And I think yep. people tend to look at mission and vision as these fluffy things that don't matter. And in some ways, I think that may be true in the fact that people care way too much about those things and the way right. they're wordsmith. But it, it, it represents the attitude and the intention behind things on, am I trying to solve a problem? And that's what I'm really trying to get at is, is – uh, when people look at advertising, for example, it's a big conversation in the space right now of, of retargeting people. So then if I mention the word Valley Fair, and Valley Fair is a huge uh, uh, amusement park here in Minnesota, I'm almost guaranteed to get an ad for Valley Fair on my Facebook, uh, which I don't go on Facebook, but like I'll get ads across the internet of, of, of Valley Fair things right. saying, yeah. hey, come here and, yep. and, and ride with us, right? And some people look at that as creepy, like, oh my gosh, they... They're, they're listening to me. But I, I have two thoughts on that is one, um, it's all about the solution that they're trying to provide. In that scenario, 
um, I am talking about Valley Fair. So I think that's relevant. If I'm trying to serve you something that you don't want and I'm trying to sell you into something that you don't need, that's where I have an issue with it. I think it most comes up in like the credit card space or the financial space where yeah. I'm trying to sell you something under the guise of something else. And I know it's bad for you, but I'm trying to sell it to you. Exactly. Is that an alcohol space or tobacco or all these different things uh, that are bad for people? And we try to package it as this amazing thing. That's where I have an issue with it. If it's providing a true solution and a true uh, solution to a need, that's where I think marketing is a huge benefit, where we can package something in a way that helps you understand and comprehend the value behind it to show, hey, this can help you in X, Y, or Z. Um, and that's where I'm really, really focused on. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, a previous company I worked with, um, uh, it's now called Level Credit, but it was previously called a different company. Uh, it was operating under a different name. Um, but for the first time in human history, we had figured out a way to apply your rent payments to your credit score. So for the first time in human history, you could influence your credit score without taking on debt. And that was the first time in the financial space that I said, this isn't slimy. This is actually providing yeah. a huge need. People are spending thousands of dollars every month and not getting credit for it, literally and figuratively. Um, and we were helping people change that. And we were changing people's lives. Where in, in a few different scenarios, we saw people's credit scores fly by or you know, jump 100 points in two weeks. And 100 points is significant. Like if you're about to oh, buy a massive. house or a car, that's a huge uh, a difference even in your monthly payments for both your short-term wealth and your long-term wealth. Um, so that was a scenario where I knew the intention behind the people and the product was to help people with that thing. Now, whether you're talking about financial services or you're talking about selling toothbrushes, it needs to solve a problem. And it's right. all about accurately packaging it in the right way. And that's where I think people tend to be too binary on marketing is bad or not. It depends on the product that they're selling and the intention behind the company. Um, Cause there's definitely bad companies out there that are selling crap period. Um, and that's <laughs> something I'm not okay with. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so the the question is, what is your ethics? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you find like where, what what is this thing that is good or bad? How am I, am I being manipulative? Am I providing a service? Like, what mm -hmm. is that line? And you kind of have to, you know, you're doing a balancing act upon the line all the time. And so it's like yeah. figuring out like, and I agree with you. That was, I remember when you were working at that company, we talked, that was incredible. That's so cool because mm -hmm. you're able because yeah. one of the biggest payments that people have to make is their rent, right? It's probably the Very. largest payment mm -hmm. that they have and you're not getting yep. any benefit. I remember maybe this is in Minnesota, you did get, a rebate, I remember a tax rebate, if you were paying more than the fair market value of your apartment in that area. So yep. I remember each year we'd get like 500 bucks back on our taxes because of that mm -hmm. in the state of Minnesota. Yep. But yep. that's like one of the only benefits there was everything else is yep. just, hey, this is a huge burden on me and I'm not getting to increase my credit score from it at all. So I'm taking out credit yep. cards in order to buy other things so that my credit score can increase. And that, that was yep. a huge solution. That was incredible. So yeah. there are great companies out there like that. And like you said, there are also companies that are selling crap because they know you're going to buy it. So it is what it yep. is. Because they can make money for it. Yeah. Yes. Right. So there's also a, a line of ethics behind it of like, what am I going to put myself involved with? And how am I going to, is this bringing something that's good or, mm -hmm. um, or is it bringing something that's yep. helpful or is it bringing something yep. that is negative and, you know, manipulative. Yep.
Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, even as an agency, when we're talking with people, um, it, it's 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 fairly easy to understand people's intentions. And ultimately, it, it's wordsmithing at some points, but revenue is is oftentimes the the priority for most companies. We need yeah. X dollars in revenue. And that's why they come to us as an agency, honestly. They need creativity and they need revenue, period. Those right. are the two things they look to at a core fundamental level from an agency. But in my opinion, revenue is a measurement. It is not a mission. Um, and that's where when you ask people you know, mm. where their company is heading, that's where often they will step away from the revenue if they are well-intentioned and they'll talk about their product and the solution it's trying to provide. And that's where you can at least get the first kind of uh, leading indicator that there's something of substance behind this versus, oh, I can make a quick buck. Either when I say a quick buck, that can be large, little, or somewhere in between. Um, but the idea that revenue is the driver and the mission, uh, it's the goal, the mission, the measurement um, versus some companies that I am building X and I know that people want it, so I need to give it out to the world. Most times, those people never talk uh, for a second about revenue. Now, you know, Steve yeah. Jobs, for example, wasn't the greatest leader, but he obviously built some amazing products in a, in a very successful company. And he very famously never talked about money. He was prioritized on the product and he understood, understood where the world needed to go. He was a visionary from that perspective. And I think that is a, a decent example uh, about a, a person that was very focused on, I want to sell something that people want. Um, and I, and I, and this is maybe the, the line between a visionary and simply a, an executor, uh, but the idea that he knew what people wanted before they knew they wanted it. Exactly. Um, the idea yep. of Henry Ford's horse mentality of if people would ask, asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. But I knew that this would help get them there faster, literally yeah. and figuratively. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it, it, it's really uh, understanding those those leading indicators. And often in times, it's about the mission that their product will serve. And that's something I'm hyper-focused on. Um, something I, I, that's what gets me up in the morning is those uh, those types of ideas and how I can help accelerate them into the future. I was going to say, and I think for example, like in, I, you know, right now I'm currently working in, uh, the manufacturing space and doing church stuff at the same time. I agree with you. So uh, when you're talking to someone and they're talking only about money or only about results and they've not mm -hmm. talked about the mission, it's like you're sitting here and you're like talking about, okay, I need to get to 200 people. Once I get to 200 people, we'll get to critical mass. And then I can go to two services in the church world. And then once I get to two yep. services, then I can start my building campaign. And then it's like, okay, yep. but uh, what are you doing to help them? So, yep. and, and that's my question. Like, uh, so yep. are you just looking for a butt in a seat or are you looking for a life that's changed in the same way in the manufacturing yep. space? We can talk about yep. our uh, P&L and we're like, okay, well, we got to make sure we want to be one of the goals we have at our company is we want to be in the gold standard for uh, net profit of 30%, right? We want to, that's where mm -hmm. we want to be. So we can yep. talk about that. So it's fine to talk about that. We need to have a goal. But if we don't get to the heart of our process and the reality of that, what's our goal to really provide a good service and a good product and excellence, yep. then it doesn't matter. We're never going to get to that. So you have to kind yep, of yeah. have the balance of both of them. And I love how you yep. said, like, it's fairly easy to see people's intentions when they come true. That's so true. And no one yep. thinks it's true. No one's like, you walk into a meeting and you're like, we know what you want. Just say it. Just yep. be honest. Yep. If you want Let's to make a quick real. buck, just say it so that yep. we can make you the quick yep. buck and move on. 
hundred percent. And, and, you know, I don't want to paint it as a, like a binary perspective. There's some scenarios where, you know, people want to make a, uh, a quick buck to then go fund something else that sure, has a huge which mission. Is fine. And, yeah. you know, there's obviously some areas of gray there, but I think if you're, if you're trying to have a binary conversation, I would generally say how that breaks down. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, well, one, I'm a, I'm a huge vision person. Vision and passion are the, the biggest things for a leader to bring to the table, period, to both develop them and communicate them well and often, because that's how you're going to build something of value. Because yeah. I think at least people may disagree with me, but I'm a huge uh, advocate for prioritizing product, quote unquote, and people equally. Product can be a product or service, but the idea that you need to be pursuing a an amazing product or service and building that out to offer and then building an amazing culture uh, to be able to build the product. I think yeah. some companies, they prioritize one over the other yes. and then it, 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 it detracts from the other. So you need to be a company that's pursuing both in order to build up both. That if you have a great product, but you disregard people, people are going to leave. And then now all of a sudden your product's going to fail. And if you prioritize, oh, we're going to have a great culture, but you don't offer anything of value. Now all of a sudden you can't keep the lights on and you're going to have to fire people anyways, right? So the point <laughs> exactly. is you need to be pursuing both equally uh, and building, uh, building a system to prioritize both. I'm a huge system thinker. Um, when you don't think of life and systems, things tend to fall apart. Um, and I like when when you're thinking about a, a systems perspective. Back to your your point about um, you know uh, people getting frustrated. Um, you know we, we can we can have aspirations. Uh, or, you know we we can say oh you know what we're trying to reach this many uh, million in revenue this year. But if you don't have a good mission and vision for the organization, when the going gets tough, and it will get tough, there are tough days, tough seasons, you know, there are tough quarters, you know, depending on whatever, you know, uh, time frame or perspective you're looking at, people will get frustrated, top to bottom, it will happen. Um, but I, at least in my experience, and, and uh, from my own personal, like, uh, attitude, I think, uh, if you know what's next, you can hustle through the now. So if I know we are trying to do X as a company, here's our vision. Here's this big, hairy, audacious goal we're trying to do. Here's how we're trying to serve the market. I am willing to put in the grit right now. Um, I, I, I've, I don't advocate for this because it can do a lot you know, mentally and physically to your body, but I've, I've pulled uh, a fair amount of all-nighters in my life. And a lot of people think <laughs> I I'm remember. crazy. I'm like, oh, why are you doing that? And I track it 100% ba back to vision and goals where I understand what I'm trying to do here. Do I like staying up all night? Well, like I said before, at 7 p.m., I'm useless. But I'm willing to put in an all-nighter if I know that, hey, we need to get X done for this time because this is what it means to the overall vision and the goal right. and helping out our end consumer and the people behind it. Um, so having that in place is not only helpful for yourself, your personal mission, but also like the company vision, but also how that affects your whole for your company or your church or whatever it is. If people can be aligned on what that, that goal is in a way that they can comprehend, I think that's when amazing things happen because once again, nothing good happens quickly, at least in my opinion. Um, but that doesn't justify laziness or like, oh, well, if it doesn't happen quickly, we can just go, go. We can just be content and we can you know, go as the flow. Um, I think that there is a difference between moving quickly and doing things quickly. You should often, whether you're a church or a company or you know, a family, you should have a culture of, of moving fast where we want to we wanna try new things. We want to we wanna be exciting and do things. But that doesn't mean doing things quickly. Um, right. You know, right. so you don't burn out your people. But the point is, then when you when you bring that back to to your goals, that's when amazing things can happen. You can build something, uh, build something amazing, uh, yeah. and really build a great organization that people want to stay with. Because the, when people walk out the door, whether it's a, a pastor leaving the church or it's a, a person uh, uh, leaving a company, they have 
uh, organizational, like learned organizational knowledge. And in, in the business world, we call it, you know, business knowledge that's unique to that, that business, right? Where they are walking away with stuff they have learned about your specific organization. Right. And from a fiscal perspective, it, it's very expensive to train people. I'm, you know, depending on the industry, it can take up to a year to onboard someone to get really comfortable in a role and in a company. Yes. And if they leave after a year and a half, you spent a year getting them to a great place. And then you had six months of output. Now to be very clear, people aren't resources, but if you look at it from that perspective, from a fiscal standpoint, trying to convince your CFO that this is valuable, uh, you're literally like pissing away all this effort. Uh, and True. I think that's horrible. 100%, um, yeah. So if you're trying to build something financially great, now I, I want the heart to be behind it, but even if you are a, a heartless person, fiscally it's important. Right. Um, for you to be able to have a successful business. Now, I think you should prioritize your people um, from the heart and your attitude. Um, but I think there's also financial benefits that come attached with that where you get rewarded um, for having a good organization. Yeah. So tell me, say someone's listening to this this podcast and they do like a small business or they're in their, you know, in their life and, and you have been someone, I'm going to say this, so it's not, you're not being, you know, arrogant no one's gonna think you're arrogant at all but you're one of the <laughs> hardest workers i know and i've watched you Thanks. from 14 like and i didn't know you then but now hearing that of your story like in college worked extremely hard you we worked at the same company but you were like the director or assistant of something and i was you know just lowly employee who showed up late sometimes over here and hey, you, know you were selling water heaters it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like then you've continued to move up and to the right and continued and it's not like because you're like having this you're greater than anybody no but i'm saying what would be your vision because as you're talking about vision for marketing it's very easy for me to see that you're like this is the vision that i have for life and so i'm willing to mm -hmm. go and get it which is so mm -hmm. powerful so if someone's listening to this and they're trying to move up in their company or they're trying to start their life out the first job they're at or they mm -hmm. have an idea of who they want to be can you just give a little bit of like this is the idea of who i've wanted to be or what the goal that I had and here's how I'm trying mm -hmm. to get there and again yeah. you're not being arrogant at all but I think you have an incredible story of just passion one of the things that I really appreciate about you is you're passionate in this area of life of like I really am going to work hard because I believe it's honorable I believe it's in mm -hmm. important and I believe it's something mm -hmm. that I really just want to be a part of mm -hmm. yeah no that's a great question and I think uh, to, to start off, I think it potentially tracks back to, uh, we'll call it the fundamental of sales. And at least from my perspective, it's important to show value versus just tell value. Yes. Um, the idea that I can tell you that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I would much prefer to show you because yeah. uh, showing it, it, it helps convince people. It builds trust. And we, the reason why I bring that up is I have a lot of goals for my life, um, from every perspective. And one of them is to, uh, depending on how you want to, to, to wordsmith it, I want to have a, uh, a very God-fearing family. Like mm -hmm. I want to have a family that is successful in every, every sense of the imagination. I want to be able to, uh, to prepare my children to have successful lives and not essentially endure the life that I've had to endure, sure. but still have the right attitude. Because part of my attitude is from my uh, from my environment growing up, right? So I want to be able to give them the right, or help give them the foundation for having a right attitude and giving them the tools to be successful. And part of that is 
I want to be you know, like, you want to practice what you preach. And if I, if I want to explain to my kids, here's how you should do things. I don't want to be one of those people that says one thing and does something else. Yes. So oftentimes I get up every day and I at least, I mean, easier said than done to be very clear. I'm not the perfect person. Um, but I, I try to live life through the lens of if I was trying to teach my kid how to do X, if it's either how to make money or to save or to, to pray or to, uh, to, uh, to interact with others, if I, if I were to, to tell them what I believe, am I doing that myself? Exactly. Um, so I think it helps inform, uh, you know, kind of what you're doing here and recognizing that I was essentially 12 years behind everyone else. That's my age. I recognize I didn't have all those things taught to me. Like I didn't go through uh, Sunday school, even like normal kid, you know, people, my age, you know, uh, so like all those foundational learnings, even understanding basic uh, biblical stories. I'm simply trying to use this season of life to develop all the things that I didn't get developed when I was younger. So I'm trying to hustle to get myself back to even, even right. necessarily. Um, but then also to go further beyond that. I don't, I, I'm a huge advocate in life for not trying to survive, but trying to thrive. There's exactly. a difference in thriving and surviving. Yeah. And I think if you are simply just trying to survive, I think you will, you will maintain that position. I think some people convince themselves and I, under, I to be very clear, I'm not trying to, to, to suppress this idea, I, I understand why it, it's easy to be in the surviving category. Like I'm just staying above water. It can be incredibly frustrating. It can be depressing. Um, yeah. But I think it's easier said than done. And mindset isn't isn't everything, but it is a whole heck of like it's a huge percentage of it. Where if you try to thrive, it'll be a lot easier to get out of that mentality than sure. not. Um, and. I want to equip my family to be able to, to do amazing things. And part of that is financial. So I went from the bottom 1% to the top 1%, um, not because I am the best thing in the world. I think that's uh, one, because I think I'm trying to be a good steward of what God has given me. Yeah. Um, he's, he's blessed me, I mean, honestly, with this story to help potentially empower other people. Yes. Um, but I truly believe that my... I, I, well, I, I believe it's it's in God's plans and it's in my hopes that my family can have an impact on the world. And... Although money is not everything, to be very, very clear, and I don't want that message to be to be uh, what people take away from this, but money is required to do things in world. Yep. Um, and it's not so you can buy big houses and cars and all the the fancy bling that people think about when they associate with money. It's more about the impact that money can have, especially when it comes to the kingdom um, yep. and building a a system. Once again, I'm a systems systems thinker. How can I build a system? Uh, for developing uh, uh, a financial foundation for myself, for my children, and for how we can impact the world, both right. for my generation as well as three generations down the line, um, as well as preparing them from the attitude perspective and preparing them financially, so then we can make an impact. Because I want to make sure that when my kids leave this world, they have a they had a bigger impact than when they entered it, and that's far more about how I prepare them uh, yep. from every Absolutely. stretch of being a, an adult. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think it's so you're you're saying I got to get vision. I got to have a goal. And, you know, yeah. my goal is going to be around. I want to create a God fearing family. I want to make an impact on the world. So if someone's listening mm -hmm. to this, what is your goal? What is your vision for yourself? And then you create, mm -hmm. like we talked earlier, the compounding steps of how to get there. Is it easy? Absolutely yep. not. You know, it's not easy. Nope. And, um, yep. and different situations are situational. So someone's going to come from, yep. you know, a different socioeconomic background like you, and they're going to yep. have to work harder to get back to level. And then when you get yep. to level, do you want to stop there and just survive? Or do you want to continue to thrive? And if you're going to continue to thrive, it's going to take 
effort. It's going to take yep. intention. And so yeah. I, I really, I really appreciate that. And I echo what you said. I think it's so important to live for something greater and to live for something more. I want to switch gears a little bit to that. Yeah. Uh, you're also managing a pretty famous uh, Instagram account and it's not yours. Oh, it's boy. your cats. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. The fluffy felines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, I, Tell me I, a little bit. I'll... Tell the viewers. I know about, I know about this cat. Oh, now there's two, right? There, there are two, yeah, two fluffy, fat, flat-faced Persians. Uh, so if you're familiar with the feline community, there's obviously a lot of different types of cats, breeds of cats. And my wife and I have two hyper-fluffy uh, Persian cats, which they are the, the really fat, chubby, fluffy cats that have a flat face. So they look like they ran into a wall. As my <laughs> wife would say, they look like a face that only a mother could love. Um, they look a little ugly. They're a little gremlinish. A face um, only but, a mother could love. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so they're they're awesome. Uh, my my wife and I got uh, the first one, Dewey. Uh, I don't know. Right after we got married, my wife and I've been married uh, almost seven years. So wow, uh, we've had him for Come almost on. seven years now. So he's yeah, I know, right? Life is awesome. Marriage is one of the best things in the world. It's dang tough. Like it, it is incredibly difficult. Um, but thankfully, Amen. my wife is amazing from every stretch of the imagination. Uh, she is she's a hard worker. She's creative. She's funny. She's empathetic. Uh, she puts up with me every day. So it's, it's awesome. That's a lot. Uh, but that's one a, thing that that's we, a big we task love. to put up with you. Oh, it's a huge task. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with ADHD. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Life always has, it, it, it hasn't always been easy, but uh, we're, we're in a better place than we've ever been. So this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, one of the things that uh, brings us together every day is our cats. Now that yeah. sounds like, like we're crazy cat people and maybe we fit that category from some, uh, you know, some perspective. Uh, but ultimately, uh, she started just taking videos of them, like, by, I don't know, like six, six years ago. Uh, so we have Dewey and Denny and it just took off like wildfire. Now, I, I don't claim to be the creative one in the relationship. She is by far and away like 10 times more creative than I am. And I'm the one that works in marketing. All my ideas come from her, I promise Yes. Uh, and she That's, started, like, isn't that the case though with every relationship? All your, all my oh, yeah. like best sermon ideas come from Abby. That's how it is. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. They're, they're the true source of things. So they, yes. they, they need to get more credit than they get. Absolutely. Um, but ultimately she just started posting on Instagram for these cats just cause she like wanted even a record because my wife, if you know her, she loves animals. She loves birds. She is the largest Eagle uh, advocate and expert I've ever met. Like for really? one of her past birthdays, I said, what do you want? And we, we tend to do birthdays pretty large because once again, I didn't really have a childhood. So sure. we're making up for it now later in life. So when birthdays happen, it's a big deal for both me and for her. Um, and I asked her like, what do you want to do this year? Like, you want to like, fly to LA. And she goes, I want to go to the National Legal Center. Like that was her answer. Uh, so we went to this National Legal Center for her birthday. That was this That's big event. Awesome. She traveled like three hours. Uh, so she loves animals and, and cats are one of them. She loves fluffy things. And uh, all of a sudden she started posting just because she wanted a record of, you know, all of our, our moments together with our pets. And it took off like wildfire where uh, within the first year, our cat Dewey was on the front page of BuzzFeed. Uh, for being King Dewey the, the the Persian, like literally front page top like hero image, and we were like, what? Uh, all of a sudden like it just went off, and now we have a I I, I would like to say a semi uh, viral uh, uh, Instagram page for our cats. You can go check them out, King Dewey the Persian or King Dewey underscore the Persian. It's on my Instagram page. Uh, but between now and then, uh, uh, Dewey's been on BuzzFeed probably like six times. Uh, Denny the smaller one. Uh, he's he's currently on Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. If you go to their Instagram page, him and a bowl of macaroni and cheese is on on their 
on their uh, timeline. Um, we've been on Kohl's, Dewey's been on Kohl's. Uh, we were this close, and I think I can say this, maybe I'll get dinged with a, a, a lawsuit or a, a cease and desist for this podcast, but we were this close on being <laughs> on an Apple commercial. Uh, we went what? through like six different phases and we got to the last phase, had signed all the different paperwork and they were gonna give them the rights. And then they went a different direction at the last second uh, and he wasn't in an Apple commercial. So I was like, come on, uh, but it was really exciting. That would be so um, stinking cool. And please don't yeah, get Apple Denny, to strike the podcast. I've, it's taken me five episodes and 20 weeks to get on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> well, uh, uh, we'll have to mute that one out. <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dude. So, yeah, and then is it, around the country, yeah, yeah. who's on, who's on the U-Haul trucks? Oh, uh, that, that is, uh, that is Denny. Uh, so I was just going to say, yeah, the other one, it's, uh, I don't know how many U-Haul trucks necessarily. We just signed away the rights and now he's on a variety of U-Haul trucks around the country. So if you ever are driving down the road and you see a, a, a fat, fluffy, ugly thing on the side, it was one of our cats. So. <laughs> a fat, fluffy, ugly thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, it's been, been kind of fun and, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, honestly led even into my professional life where it like is start up some conversations where even as an agency, we manage some pretty large social media accounts and, and, uh, they came to us because of our relationship, uh, in part because of how I handle things on, on the King Dewey side of the fence. So it's been kind of an interesting, uh, conversation starter for other pieces of business where, uh, like Redstone American Grill, we do their social media as an wow. agency and do some fun creative things. Um, so I think social is kind of an interesting environment here nowadays. And I think it's definitely uh, turning into something new every day and there's new platforms popping up and it's currently how people uh, form community. And there's definitely, there's definitely positive about social and there's definitely negatives. Um, but, uh, but in terms of the positives, uh, the, the cats are one of them. That is incredible. Who, who would have thought that you just start taking videos of a cat and it goes viral and you're like, I was just about to pull up on my Instagram craft macaroni and cheese and just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's incredible. I oh, love yeah. that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think it was two years ago. We took a picture, um, uh, with, uh, with just Dewey, uh, for Halloween, uh, where my wife and I, Chelsea, she's a small petite blonde and I, both her and I, we dressed up as Dwight and Angela from the office. And we held uh, uh, Dewey, our big fat 20 pound cat up just like Princess Lady. And that photo went viral to the point where, uh, I, I guess I haven't confirmed this in the last month, but over a month ago, if you go to Pinterest and you Google um, couples Halloween costume, we were the 15th image to show up. Uh, but also we were, the, the, we were the hero thumbnail on the actual um, link itself for couples Halloween costume on Pinterest. Um, right. with that image of her and I, Dwight and Angela, and then our, our cat. Um, now maybe it's changed since then, but it was about a month ago. That is crazy. I love that so much. Couples yeah. Halloween costume. Hold on. I'm going to look this up right now. Let's go to Pinterest. Do it. I don't know if I have the Pinterest. Hopefully they didn't have an algorithm update, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just a, a picture of us. I, I've since, um, cropped that image into the in, uh, picture of the actual office, uh, that my wife used for something else. So. Uh, the, the photo that went viral is just us in our kitchen or something. Uh, but now there's a new version of the image that where we like Photoshopped ourselves into the office. <laughs> that is hilarious. I, I'm not finding Pinterest right now. Maybe it's because it's not in my recently searched. Hold on. Let me just talk oh. <laughs> into my, let me just talk into my phone to the marketers. Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. Oh man. It's going to show up. You're going to It's going to show all up. All of a sudden I'm going to have 5,000 <laughs> things in my email. It's all cool. I like Pinterest. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, no, Are you a big Office fan? 
uh, I am a huge Office fan. So um, one weird oddity, whether it's because of ADHD or if it's just because of me, um, I get distracted really easily and insomnia is a huge consistent uh, a characteristic of, of people with, with uh, that. that uh, uh, I was going to call, call it a sickness, but I think it's a, it's a huge blessing in some respects. Uh, sure. But essentially, a lot, a lot of people struggle with sleeping and I combat that by watching The Office every night. I literally turn on season nine and uh, like for the last six months, I've been watching season nine on repeat uh, every night when I, I put in my headphones, I, I literally sleep with uh, uh, AirPods in and I literally listen to the office and it puts me to sleep every night. Wow. Uh, because I've seen season it so many nine, times. It just, yeah. Well, it, it's weird. I love seasons two, three, and nine in that order. Those are the, the best seasons. Okay. Like, I don't like I season just, eight. I just gotta put a. I just. I mean, season nine with is Andy the 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 manager at that time or is that season eight? He is. No, he is the manager. But is uh, that when he gets the, the butt tattoo? I uh, know that's season eight. Okay, that episode's funny, but the rest of the episodes with Andy trash. Sorry, Andy, if you're yep. listening to this, Ed Helms, you're a great actor, but trash. Oh man, that's so funny. Of all the office. Okay, so I've never asked anyone this before, but I've known several people who have uh insomnia. What is that like? Like what what why, why? Like you just wake up and you're just staring at the ceiling or like what is that goes into it and you think that kind of is part of the whole ADHD thing? Uh potentially and it's hard to know what is me, what is my personality and then what is ADHD, but essentially I I bring it down to two things. One, uh I'm, I'm a jittery person. I, I obviously I talk really fast and very passionate person and it takes a lot for me to slow down. Yeah. Um, when I slow down, I, when I'm slowing down, I know my body's telling me you're going too fast. You need to, you need to recharge. Um, so there's that piece of just slowing down is, is difficult. Um, but then also I'm a very driven person. So mm. I have a lot of big goals, personally, professionally, things like that. And it's tough for me to lay down knowing that I have stuff I want to do. My, my to-do list, although I, I knock a lot of things off of it, it's always very long. Uh, and that, you know, sometimes it's, it makes me anxious, you know, that's probably not a good thing, but it does. Uh, and so I simply need something that'll take my brain off of it in sure. order to just put myself to sleep. So if I focus on, Oh, I've seen this episode literally 500 times. I know what's coming. Yeah. And I focus on that. It'll put me right to sleep um, versus if not, then I think about, oh, well, I have this, that, and the other to do, and then it'll keep me up way longer, and and I already don't probably get enough sleep, uh, so then I would even get less, you know, with that. So it's just simply a discipline I've had to distract myself into slumber. That is, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, I could see that for sure. Because I've heard a lot of people, you talk about it in different ways, but when you explain it, that makes a lot of sense. I do the exact same mm -hmm. thing. I mean, for us, it was The Office, I love The Office. We got it on DVD because Netflix got it taken off and now it's on peacock and i refuse i refuse it's the same thing as cable right? we're gonna have 75 yeah. different subscriptions and then it's gonna be yep. the same dang price as cable and i refuse um yep. but i will write this down get... netflix will be the new blockbuster because of that they should they chose not to innovate and they chose actively to get rid of netflix i think they will be the new blockbuster right this down really the next 10 years okay yep. just watch it come on there's only Unless one innovate, blockbuster left yeah, well, yeah, they innovated before and then they put everyone else out of the business, but then you're not, you're stopping when you get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause so, I, I would venture to say put 10 people in a row and ask them, hey, what's the last thing you watch on Netflix or is there anything good there? There might be a show that they're currently watching that they like, but there's not anything else. 
See, that is very interesting. Think about this. I was listening to a podcast, and I don't even know if I can say that name of the podcast without getting sued, um, but whatever. They were talking about The Office, and they said mm-hmm. that The Office had been streamed for like some millions or billions of hours during 2020 because it was just on 24 seven because everyone was at home during the pandemic. And I'm thinking to myself, what a a dumb move to take this off of your network. Um, Even if you had to pay a ton of money, I mean, obviously you had to pay, didn't they pay like a hundred million dollars to have friends on for one more year? It was something like that. It was a large number. Yeah. Yep. Which is like unbelievable to think about that. But anyways, so I I love the office. We also do that with breaking bad, which is just sounds so crazy. Ah, Okay. Breaking bad, the greatest show of all time. The goat don't even, don't even get me started. We could go for another two hours on breaking bad. Walter White. (laughs) Have you seen breaking bad? I have seen it once. Now I, I have to admit, I haven't seen the whole thing in its entirety because when my wife and I were watching it, there was a few stints where I may or may not have fallen asleep and she kept <laughs> watching. So I've seen like different pieces and stretches of the show, but I've technically watched it through and through. Uh, there's just some, some gaps. <laughs> okay. I feel the same exact I way. Rewatch. I'm just like you with, uh, with falling asleep. So we were watching when we were watching the walking dead, you know, we'd watch it a few times at night. And I mean, yeah. when I'm laying down horizontal after seven 30, I'm at, you know what I yep. mean? Just boom. gone. Anyways. But yeah, so that's what we do. I've done the same thing with Breaking Bad. Like we throw it on at night. I've literally watched yeah. the show probably nine times through. People are like, why are you watching a drug show? It is the greatest show of all time. Cinematography. It's even marked that, isn't it? Like oh, if yeah. you were to Google best show ever made, it's pretty much exclusively the number one on every list. Yeah. The Breaking Bad, man. Love the Breaking Bad. Incredible. Walter White, what a performance. Anyways, but do this. I do the I do the exact same thing. Like I think a lot of us do that. It's maybe just the familiarity with that, mm-hmm. you know. So like we do with you want some control and some consistency in life. Yeah, with Hudson, since when he was a kid, he's had white noise on when he goes to bed, you know. And mm-hmm. so we still have the white noise machine in there. And the reason we did it at first was that we didn't want to wake him up when we were walking around the house yep. when he was a kid yep. that, you know, I mean, baby, and we didn't want to wake yep. him up. And now he's, yep. he can't really, I mean, I'm sure he could sleep without it, but the white noise yep. is just part of the comfort of, Hey, I'm going to bed. This is my time winding down. And so it's just really mm-hmm. interesting how we are as humans in that way yep. of that. We're, we're like these creatures of habit, but we also yep. have these comforting things that we need in order to get to the next stage of sleep or rest or whatever. Oh yeah. Well, and back to my, one of my first points in terms of like uh, environment amplifies everything. Part of that is that scenario environment can sure. mean a few different things, but part of that is creating an environment for you to be successful. And part of that is, you know, working hard and then resting hard. So then you can work hard again. Exactly. Um, rest is a very important piece. It's obviously even biblical, um, but the point is investing in an environment that will make that happen. And honestly, I'll, I'll expose a little bit of even my, my insecurity as a human behind it. But when I was growing up, uh, you know, pre 12, this is going to sound outlandish, but I used to think that people with TVs were rich. Like hmm. you are doing well in life. If you have a TV, cause we, I mean, we didn't have food. Uh, we didn't have hot water. And when you had a TV, I'm like, oh, you know, they're, they're high off the horse. They might have even been struggling financially themselves, but they have a TV in my brain. They were, wow. they were, well, they had made it in life. Um, so 
I, I don't think about this a ton. Sometimes it's even just a, a muscle memory. But when I come home, you, you know, you mentioned 2020 that the office was was streamed for 24 hours a day. I might have been one of those. And that's not even from the standpoint of I was watching it. I would come home and I would turn on the TV because having a TV brings a peace to my soul mm. where I know even if I had the worst day in the world, life is really good. I have a TV. Now I recognize that's literally, literally silly, but it, it brings this weird peace to my soul. And I just have a TV on because I just... It makes me feel good. Like I, 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 I made it to the spot where I know as a child I was concerned about. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah no, that makes a lot. Of, that makes a lot of sense. Good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's so true. Yeah, when you're thinking, okay, this this is what I need. If I get to that, I've made it. And then during these mm -hmm. times of stress, you're like, okay, wait, I've still made it. Like I, you know, I have yeah. a TV. Like, yeah. wow, oh, that's yeah, exactly. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously take that for the the the, the idea behind it, not the literal. Like, yeah, oh, not the literal, here. but yes. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's the idea behind it, and like you know, obviously, a lot of people have had a really crappy year in 2020. Right. Um, people have lost their jobs. Like for example, my 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 boss uh, passed away this past year. It's been a really really tough year um, from from every side of the fence. Uh, but it's important to have the right attitude. Now that's not meant to dismiss the bad things that have happened. Absolutely, but not, you can. Yeah. You can wallow in bad things and that can be a spot. You can spiral out of control from that perspective. Uh, so it's important to focus on the things that are going well. Um, and, and that's to focus on things like that, where, you know, I'm not, that doesn't dismiss the, all the bad things, but life is still really good. It was been, it's been a crappy year, but life is still really good. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that have had things worse. So it's important to have the right attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And I think perspective is so huge. Like, Stephen Furtick said it best, and I've quoted it a hundred times, but he said your perspective can either, either be your prison or your passport. And so, oh, yeah, I love you that. know, is it going to really hold you down or is it going to allow you the opportunity to go to different mm -hmm. situations and places? Yeah. And so that's, that's super important, but yeah, you know, and also this yeah. podcast is sponsored by Vizio. Go and get your Vizio podcast at uh, hashtag where they just kidding. Vizio don't sue me. Anyways, <laughs> get a TV. No. Um, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned this thing about rest. How do you find rest? You're a high energy guy. You're at work when mm -hmm. we were talking on the phone the other day and you're like, yeah, I got to work one day at 2 AM. And I'm like, what, you know, but you had, I'm sure you had to get a lot of stuff done that day. So, yep. um, you know, we talk about this thing and you mentioned it in Christianity that the Bible talks about rest, right? Having a mm -hmm. Sabbath. And more, that's one of the things that yep. Uh, I'm trying actively to get better at this day of mm -hmm. recuperation, this day of rest, this day of peace, this day of mm -hmm. focus on who God is for us as, as followers of Jesus. Um, but even mm -hmm. if you're not a follower of Jesus listening to this episode, it would be great for you to find a time to recharge um, mm -hmm. and, and to do that. So how do you, as someone, like you said, high, high energy, high octane, run, 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 go, go, go. Yep. How do you find yep. rest? What does yep. rest look like? And for me, just personally, over the past couple of years, I've read a couple books about Sabbath. Uh, Garden City is one by John mm -hmm. Mark Homer and some other books. And they really kind yeah. of shaped my mindset on what Sabbath is and what the idea yep. of rest is and how important it is. And so yep. I've kind of been formed by that over the past few years. And it's a developing idea in my mind. But I would love yep. to hear your insight of what that looks like. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I mean, something I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, if if I were to put up a 
a phrase on the wall, which is not something that we necessarily do in my household. But if I were to, my wife and I would almost uh, like within five seconds come to the conclusion or the agreement that it would be the phrase work hard, rest hard. Because yeah. um, if I... I, I do believe that I'm a pretty hard worker, but if there's anyone that's a harder worker in life, it's Chelsea. She is, she's a grinder. Uh, but at the same time, she values rest. And I think mm -hmm. uh, rest in, in, at least in our household, it gets broken down into two different categories. One, it's scheduling. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't schedule something, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, we don't like to be the, we're, we're not the spontaneous couple. Everything is scheduled. And, and that's across every category of our relationship. Everything is scheduled. Because if it doesn't happen on a schedule, there's a chance that it's not going to happen, especially with ADHD. Right. It, it needs to get on the calendar, period. Um, so then we can anticipate it and, and, and life can be highly structured. Um, but with that, with that said, it's also important to know thyself on what fills your bucket. Some people, they get recharged by being with people. And some yep. people, they get recharged by being by themselves. And for the most part, Chelsea and I are both uh, we're introverts from that perspective of we need to charge by, recharge by ourselves. So we've intentionally built structure and schedule into our lives where we have recharged time with each other. So there's relationship, but then there's also recharge, recharge time where we are separate. Now, luckily we built a, a big old massive house where we, you know, we can fill it with a bunch of kids, uh, but we can still spend part of the weekend where we can do our own thing, but you know, we still spend time together. We have that time, yeah. but we also have time for ourselves. Yep. Uh, and that oftentimes look like uh, uh, watching a movie, um, you know, that we've seen, you know, we're, we're highly repetitious people. We love the movie, the guardian with Kevin Costner, uh, for whatever reason, that's a repeat for us. That's a good, uh, good Man. way to recharge. Kevin uh, Costner. Just such a good Ashton Kutcher. movie. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good. And oftentimes it'll, it'll look like two things. It'll watch us watching the guardian or some type of TV show. And then we do a puzzle. So, um, until we fill up our house with kids, one of our rooms, uh, is a puzzle room. So we, uh, we, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to build a five bedroom, you know, massive house this year. And one of them is specifically for puzzling. Uh, so we have a puzzle, like a, a literally I'm a puzzling. 10 foot table in the room. Yeah. We say that every time when we walk in the room, <laughs> you're creepy. Uh, so we sit there and we, put, we work on a 10,000 piece puzzle and we watch either you know, the guardian or we'll watch some type of uh, TV show, but it's a great like way to just kind of recharge and do something is that is, as mind numbing where there's no purpose to it necessarily. It's just sure. to recharge. Yep. Um, and honestly, a, a huge heart, uh, part of resting, in my opinion, it's, it's obviously the physical rest, but it's also mental rest. Yep. And I think sometimes people confuse mental rest with, well, I just need to take a week away and I'll be fine and I'll come back and I'll feel better. And I think oftentimes most people get done with a vacation and then they come back to the realities of life and they say, oh, Oh, now I'm, you know, then they feel exhausted again. Either they feel like they need a vacation for the vacation or they didn't get as much as they wanted to out of it. So I think part of it is, is really taking the right approach with your resting time. Now there's times to take fun vacations and do those things, but I think on a recurring basis, even if it's every weekend, a good healthy thing for us is when we, when we puzzle, like when we go up to puzzle uh, and watch, watch a TV show, it's important to do a mindless activity because then yeah. that gives us an opportunity to think through all of our past weeks where we're not doing anything stressful, um, but then you can still think through things. And now you're being, uh, I don't want to call it productive with your rest time, but now I'll go out of my rest time feeling rejuvenated yep. where I've solved any potential issues that have gone on uh, that I feel like I need to go tackle. It's a time to, to slow down and think about things. Um, and then and now I feel rested. It's you know the, the anxiety and the weight of, of what got me into a uh, worn out space now feel like they have been tackled versus yes. just stepping away literally. You know, and there's yes. some value in that, but I think on a regular basis, it's important to build that type of rest and do your Absolutely. schedule. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I'm puzzling. Uh, I love that. That's so good. <laughs> I'm going to trademark that. that.
Dude, you should. <laughs> well, and I got that from New Girl when Winston is like, I'm so good at puzzles. <sighs> and then he's got the almond. Oh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. that is, <laughs> I love New Girl. So much fun. Ferguson is the Persian cat, actually. Ferguson. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Hair, Ferguson Ferguson is the Persian cat. I love that. That's yeah, so cool. Short hair, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, he is a short haired little cat. Um, what I was going to say is Abby says this thing and uh, she always talks about this and she says I want to build a life that we don't need a vacation from so mm -hmm. which is very interesting to me I remember when I first heard her say that it was like okay what's going on um, but it was interesting yeah, Bora Bora, come on yeah I'm like and I don't think she means like hey we need to make sure we have a vacation house and that's where we're living what we're talking about is our life is oriented in such a way that we don't need to re we don't need to spend a two-week vacation in order to catch our breath to get through the year but our life yep. is oriented in a way where we have natural rhythms of rest mm -hmm. we have natural rhythms of time together we have natural urban yep. rhythms of that and i know i love what you said like okay you guys know yourselves i'm more of an introvert i'm more of like this is how i work for me i'm more of an extrovert i like to be around people mm -hmm. that's how i recharge yep. and she's more of an introvert that's how she recharges so we got to find mm -hmm. times to be able to do that and sometimes those can clash and it doesn't work together. And sometimes it, it, it does. And so it's just interesting mm -hmm. about knowing yourself and, and figuring all that stuff out. So, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, this has been a blast to, to be able to talk with you and hear your story. You dropped some huge truth bombs. I appreciate it. We should follow King Dewey. What is it? Uh, King Dewey underscore the Persian, I think. And, King and to Dewey be hyper transparent, my wife does more with the page than I do. Yeah. Follow no, no, that. Follow Giles, Eulen Hopper, and uh, head on <laughs> off. Come on, man. No, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. This has been super, super fun. Love getting to catch up with you. And uh, I can't wait till you are either the CEO of Apple or the president of the United States. <laughs> Oh goodness, no, no, no heights uh, set there. But uh, like, uh, the, the feeling is definitely mutual. I, I definitely uh, enjoy spending time with you. Uh, it's always, it's always the best. Um, uh, we need to spend more time like this. Yes, we do. I'm gonna come out and hang out at your house, and then we can go golfing and live the dream. Come on, yeah. Minnesota life, man. Exactly. Got it. Hey, the it. golf course just opened back up, so you can uh, bring your clubs, or we can do it this weekend. I'll yes, you let's go. Send me, send a private jet. I, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yep. We'll no. keep the lights on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Where They've Been. Just got done with our conversation with Giles. And man, it was such a good conversation. He is just one of the most efficient and high energy guys I've ever met in my life. Like his story is so stinking cool. Really yeah. from rags to riches, truly, to be honest Literally, with you. Like truly, he yeah. has an incredible, incredible story. I love just getting to talk to him. His drive, personal drive is something that I've seen firsthand. Like when I worked with him at the company we talked about, we worked yeah. together at it just the guy was the first guy in the door, the last guy out. And he was an intern at the time. I mean, wow. he's outworking his boss yep. by like tenfold. I mean, this this the type of work ethic that you see in movies like this with yeah. this guy is. And so, man, I I was inspired by it and challenged and I took right. some notes from stuff. And plus, he's just so he really is a humble guy and he was just so oh, generous. Yeah. 
So I'm man, he was just an awesome guy. What stuck out to you though? Yeah, no, honestly, just, and obviously with never meeting him, just hearing his whole story from kind of, you know, start to where he's at now, I think the rags to riches is sort of the way that it is, but also not just monetarily speaking, but spiritually speaking as well. Right. You know what I mean? Like just hearing kind of where he was at, how he was raised with, you know, just the struggles that he went with his, with his parents. And then like being raised, I think he said by his grandparents or his Mm -hmm. aunt and uncle. I forget. Uncle. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And like just hearing that story and that he, he didn't learn how to read until age 12 and you hear, you hear him talk. And you hear him like him, you and him like talking back and forth. And I'm like, this guy has been reading since he was two. Like, that's what you would think. Exactly. You know, he's just super smart. And of course, if he listens to this, he's going to be so humble to even say, no, 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 it's fine. Like, you know, he's going to give it all to God, like truly like straight up just right. with his story and everything. But I think for me, he said something. He said that he's not just living his life for um, his generation, but for three generations after him. And I was like, dang, like, that's awesome. Like every decision you make, the good and the bad, thinking internally, is this going to be beneficial or is this going to hurt three generations after me? Right. And that was just like mind blowing to me, just the thought of that. Yeah. And seeing where he's been, seeing like it's possible to Correct. you know make a better um, life for the generations after you, even if you're like the, where you started out was not right. that positive or was not that good. So just hearing that story overall was just super inspiring. Well, and that's an interesting thought that, that we can really dive into for the, where they've been story. Cause you're talking yeah. about where you've been right. and the whole idea is that it's like, okay, where you've been can give us all who's listening exactly. wisdom for where we're yeah. going. So what are right. your thoughts on that idea that he said, okay, like what I'm sowing in my life will help mm. the next future generations. And I'm right. trying to create a standard and to right. create a pathway for these yeah. people who are going to come after me to succeed like that's interesting that he he's looking at his story not just in the lens of how can i benefit myself or what impact Mm -hmm. i'm going to make he's looking at the impact that's going to continue down the road right yeah exactly and i think it's not just about money like i don't think like we listen to a story it's not just about you know i didn't have anything now i have a lot like that's not what it is no because if that's i mean he's not the type of guy anyway but when he tells a story, he's saying, I don't want my kids just to like never work. Like he's not right. the type of guy either. He's saying, no, like this generational wealth is not just about money that he wants to bring down. It's, you know, these spiritual practices, this, right. this work ethic that he has. Right. That's what his, that's really what his heart is, mm-hmm. is. And that's what I think all of us should have is exactly. that's talking about the, where they've been learning from each other's stories. Like that's an inspiring thing. Like that he's sure. talking about is saying like, I get up at this time so that I can sow into the generations after me. Yeah. Not just yeah. because I want to, or not just because, you know, I want to look good at work. It's none of these things. It's like, I want to be the hardest worker in the room so that the generations that come after me will honestly thrive from my decisions that I'm making today and the hard work that I'm putting into, into my everyday. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, what you're doing today does make an impact in the future and does matter. Does matter, man. It was so awesome. Thanks again for Giles being on this podcast. It was such a blast. Thanks for getting up early. And I mean, you were already up early, but I had to get up early. So thanks to me (laughs) for getting up early. No, I'm just kidding. True. And uh, it was just an awesome time. So we're going to I want to transition into our good news story. But here's the good news. Summer's here. Let's just do it this oh, way. Let's okay. Go. We did I'm going to go a little off the cuff. I'm not going with what we planned. Summer yeah, is here. 
we were outside me and hudson we ripped the shirts off we got Let's in the go. pool that's right and we just were just beaten in the race you know right. what i mean so yep. here's my question for you what is your top summer playlist of like what are the top five songs that you are just hitting on the playlist and i want to hear it to the people off the top of your head right now i we're going off the cuff what Gosh. do you got because I have a I have a ultimate uh, ultimate road trip playlist right now. You want me to read right. it to you? Okay. Yep. Go. You go first. I'll read you the top ten of this list that I saw, and yep. these are all these would be on my list. So here we go. Number one, just a banger, "Sweet Home Alabama." Yeah. Come on. I'm about that. Okay. Okay. Come on. "Hotel California" by the yep. Eagles. Yep. I mean, "Life Is a Highway." Life is a high. Yep. I have to sing that honk, that song to Hudson so often Dude, because so we watch good. the Cars movie, which is his favorite movie. And yep. sometimes I'm singing him songs to bed at night. And he goes, "No, Cars song." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, here's a here's just a heater right here out of left field. Take me home, country roads, John Denver. Oh, let's go. Take me home. home. I don't even care. It's a podcast. They can't demonetize us. That, oh, good point. You know anyways. the legal thing. True, true. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, here's another one. On the Road by Willie Nelson. Is that the On the Road again? Is that that one? On the Road again. Pfft, I can't even read. On the Road again. I think that's that one, yeah. Yeah, here's another one. Highway to Hell, ACDC. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, it's okay, a great song. Here's what I know that me and you here's let's give it in. Let's peel back the Zach Moore layer. You're yes. an onion. We got to peel you back. Yeah. You're a I huge like Supernatural fan. Supernatural. I am, dude. That's right. And every other song in Supernatural is either ACDC or Black Sabbath. Like, that is very true. It's either like Highway to Hell, Thunderstruck, Back yep. in Black. Every single scene in that show when he's driving in his car is one of those songs. And so I'm with you when I run. Yep. I yep. definitely definitely listen to Thunderstruck because the and then it just gets you going, dude. It gets you exactly. Mm. Come on, well, you, ooh, well, here, I would say for here's here. Let me go yeah. one more. This yeah, one, one is more. the final one. Don't stop me now, Queen. I mean, Queen just every day heaters. Yep. heaters. So I was gonna say Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. That was okay. gonna be one of the main ones. All right. Um. Oh, I was gonna say. Also, <laughs> Crazy Train by, uh, well, Black Sabbath, but Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Cotton Eye Joe. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. What are you saying? What are you laughing about? Are you just song. over there just like punch dancing in your car? And if they not, not do I'll be there in a long time. Right there go. It's That's so right. catchy. And, but it's true. Um, Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Okay. Um. Don't stop believing. Did I say that already? That's like the main one that no, I think a, about. That's is, a heater, man. Dude, that's I'm a roll on the windows you. and scream. Right? Um, Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Okay. Um, gosh, he, he uh, gave me a little bit to work with with time, but oh, Hey Ya by Outcast. Oh, Let's go. Yeah. Hey Ya. Okay, can we just pause yeah. though? Remember when Coach is like, I hate when uh, Schmidt's sad because he sounds like he's the <laughs> Hey Ya guy sing, crying. <laughs> hey Ya, don't you be my daddy, <laughs> dude? And I'm gonna just I'm gonna end it with Dancing Queen by ABBA. Okay, you so. are so much more prepared. I thought I was gonna stump you. Ah, uh, it's Spotify open, but yeah, true. Oh. <laughs> 
cliff notes. But there were still good songs that I would I would choose. Okay. Okay. So. I'm with you. John Denver's my go-to. Like I went on this one trip and I literally got him a country boy. Take me home country roads. Like I'm not kidding, 50 plus times. And I was like, this is just an hour long song. Well, when Let's... you have cornfields that you're driving by, you have to listen to that song. Who knows what West Virginia looks like, but I'm telling you. I don't either, but I've John Denver a lot does. about it. Does he though? <laughs> That's what I want to know. What if he just n- had never been there before and he just wrote the song? I think he was born in North Dakota or something like that. Wow. So he's a flatlander. Probably. You'd think he'd be from Denver, but no. that's where the, that's where the movie Fargo was was made. Was in it's true, and, and parts of, of Minnesota. Summer is back, people. Summer is back. That's Get your main playlist thing. together. Yep, it's Get some it good up. news. This the Rays are back. Summer's back. Mm-hmm. Friends is back. The reunion is back. Check it out. Get HBO outside. Max. Get it. Yep, and just get some vitamin D in you. Go outside, bike ride. My bike tire popped this weekend, so I can't bike anymore. But that's my excuse. So jog. You know what I mean? Like yep. maybe that's a weight problem on me. Hello. Maybe pray but, for me. You know, we won't judge you for it. Uh, popped it. Too many canes, chicken sauce, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anybody. So hey, a Chick-fil-A thanks. sauce, by the way. We bought oh, that at Target. Get it. You did? It's back. Chick-fil-A sauce. What it was never gone at our Target. Oh. The Chick-fil-A sauce put it on every event. Anyway. Sometimes favor just ain't fair. That's true. Thanks for listening to the dumbest podcast of all time. We're so glad to have you here. This is Where They've Been Podcast. Oh, man, I can't even talk. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Have a good life. Bye.